Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Infinite Boost podcast. Before we get going with this episode that I think all of you will greatly enjoy, I just wanted to say that the Infinite Boost podcast, the Booster Club, is making its entrance into the Indie Gaming League. Yes, I am officially announcing on the podcast, everybody in the Booster Club, the Discord already knew, but now I am making sure that everybody knows we are entering the Indie Gaming League with their franchise. If you have ever thought about getting into a little bit more of a competitive season type style of Rocket League, this is your opportunity to do it. Come join us in the Discord, find some friends, they have 2v2, they have 3v3, they have 3v3 drop shot, they have leagues for US West, US East, and even in the EU. Would love to have you, I feel like we are going to build a nice supportive community around those leagues and the teams that we have under the franchise, and this is just the first season, I'm very excited. So if that is something that interests you, if that is something that might get you over the hump of coming and joining us in the Discord, please do so. We're joining the Indie Gaming League, and I would love to see us have at least three or four teams. I think that would be super cool. So come join us. It'll be fun. I'm excited. And they have leagues all the way through the ranks. It's a really cool way to just get more involved in Rocket League and in the community. And here's the thing, a lot of people have said that what has helped them rank up is joining something like this, whether it's Indie Gaming League or the Rocket Sarkar Confederation, I think is another one, or even MLE. I have known about IGL for a while, so that's the one I decided to go with. I'm very excited, so come join us. Come join the league. Uh, I think signups end September 23rd, so you still have some time. I'm very excited. It'll be a nice ongoing story through the Infinite Boost podcast storyline. Just just come join us. Anyways, that's all. Would love to see you in the Booster Club. It's been a lot of fun. We've been getting a lot more active. It's been a good time. Somebody's sending me a text message telling me to stop. Let's get on with the show. All right, here we are for another episode of the Infinite Boost podcast. And this week... Uh, Lewis from my alma mater's Rocket League team is joining me, and I'm I'm so very excited to have you. I can't uh, I can't even remember where this came from. I think I follow the Illinois Esports Twitter, and they tweeted out a video of you maybe playing somebody else on the Rocket League team, or like yep. the manager or something. And I was like, oh man, I should I should see if he wouldn't mind joining me on the show. And here you are, so thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to be here. And uh, so, are you are you the captain of the team this year? So right now, I'm the coordinator for the okay. Rocket League Esports program, and I'm also the captain for our main team. So yeah. Okay. Very good. And I saw that you guys just got done with tryouts and have like three or four teams. We have five teams. Yeah, we just got oh, done wow. with tryouts. Yeah, we have like so many people on our Discord right now. Um, I actually had to get the the i guess the cut i had to mm-hmm. elevate it a lot because of how many people we had and we started up with five teams so the cut was gc1 so we basically have five teams entirely of gc1s and up so it's pretty that's nice. awesome yeah. so what is the intention for all of the teams like um, is it i mean obviously you didn't just kick everybody out of the discord or is it just like no, no. all right all only these people are allowed <laughs> 
<laughs> no, see, what, what we do here at uh, Illinois is we have our, com our community and our competitive teams. So competitive teams are the ones that are actually going to go to play in tournaments, seriously, you know, that have like our requirements, that have a certain uh, number of scrims they have to play every week, um, and etc. And then our community teams are, you know, basically anybody who wants to kind of be part of this uh, collegiate esports experience, but also maybe don't don't have as much time to commit, or maybe are not as good as everybody else, you know. So that the community side of things, we have these things we call community teams, where you can just find people, you know, similar to your rank, people that you like, and then you can play in any collegiate tournament you want, except you know, you there is no, uh, I guess, rank requirements, no scrim requirements, no hour requirements, uh, things like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Are there any alumni teams yet? Uh, no. Well, we have a lot of um, tournaments and events on our Discord where alumni are included, but oh. there is no uh, like official alumni teams. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Is there a separate? Is there a separate Rocket League Discord from the Illini Esports one, or is it all just kind of under one umbrella? There is. Yes. There oh, okay. Is. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. Cool. Well, why don't you tell me a little bit about how you found Rocket League and kind of got to where you are as the captain of the Illinois team? Oh, man. It's a, <laughs> it's a long story. Um, I actually didn't find Rocket League itself first, but I found the predecessor or predecessor mm. to, to Rocket League. Um, so it was this old game. This it must be like 12 years ago or something that this game came out um, that was on the PS3. It wasn't even on the PS4 yet. And I'm not even joking. This is the name. The name was Supersonic Acrobatic Rocket Powered Battle Cars. So you you <laughs> so, played that? Yeah. So when I was wow. a kid, I was like probably like eight or nine or something, and um, I was just going through like the PlayStation Store or whatever, trying to find some free games to download, like demos and whatnot. And I found this game that had the demo, and I downloaded it. And, I mean, of course, I loved it. Who doesn't like you know soccer cars? So. Um, I kept playing the demo, and then I liked it so much, I ended up getting the, the full version for my birthday. Uh, and I played that game for, like, probably, like, five, six, seven years straight. Uh, I took a little break, and then I think Rocket League was announced, and I instantly had to get, like, a PS4 to play on it. So, and then, yeah, and I've been playing Rocket League since launch, so. So, uh, did you play in the alpha for Rocket League? I did not know because the alpha was on PC. PC only. Yeah, it was Unfortunate. PC only. Yeah, so I never got the alpha boost. Could have been rich. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Too bad. Okay, so Too then bad. you start playing Rocket League, and uh, I mean, you must have been one of those people that kind of accelerated or were instantly very good because you were such a a step ahead of everybody. Then. Yeah, I you know since the physics from the game were are somewhat different where some things don't transfer over um but it's it was still like a pretty big jump like i got into the game i already knew how to aerial and most people were still figuring out how to you know use the, the jump button so um it was yeah it was a pretty big advantage unfortunately for me i took like a what six month almost one year break uh from rocket league and then when i got back like everybody had pretty much caught up so sucks for me but <laughs> but yeah I mean, I mean, you're still SSL though, so I'd say you're doing all right. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> so have you have you been grand champ, a highest rank, pretty much since the game released? Then, um, yeah, I think I got grand champ for the first time in like season four or five of like the non free to play 
uh, times, and I've been GC, I think, ever since. Um, and I, uh, you know, the, the free-to-play transition happened, and then we got the new ranks. And I've been, uh, season one, I was top 100, and then season two and three, I took a break, and now season four, I'm back uh, to, to play for school again. So, yeah. Got it. What what uh, led you to be to take a break from the game? Um, well, multiple factors. I think in the beginning, uh, like my first big break I took was mostly because I just got a PS4. And, you know, there were so many new games and stuff, and I just kept playing them, and I kind of forgot about Rocket League. Um, and then this most recent one I took was, uh, you know, we I usually just play for school now i'll play ranked Mm. somewhat here and there but most of my focus is just playing you know uh for u of i and i took a gap semester um you know because of online school and stuff and then i couldn't really i can't play you know if i'm not a full-time student i can't play in the Mm. rocket league teams Mm -hmm. uh and then i i got picked up two jobs as well so i kind of wasn't really playing that much didn't have that much time to play um and yeah and i took a, a, a big break and it not gonna lie you know when i got back i was playing Pretty bad. I was. I had a, you know. I guess shake off the WD forty here and and get rid of the rust. But um, but I I think like after like two weeks or so of continuous playing, I'm pretty much back to, to where I were. So was that break recent? Was was that like last spring semester? Is that when you took the break? Yeah. Uh. It was, yes. Last spring semester, I you know I said like. I don't, I don't want to do online school again. So I took the the break and yeah, so six months or so. Got it. Okay. And do you think, do you think it was rest or do you think it was people having improved or maybe a little bit of both? Um, I'd say probably both. I say nowadays it was definitely rest because, you know, I got to like pretty, um, high point of the game, you know, uh, so to say, and then, like, I, I got back, of course, a lot of people got better. You know, my old teammates from uh, from school, and, like, improved tons and tons and tons. And um, it, was, it was good seeing that, but I could definitely tell it was the rest. But mm-hmm. first time I took a break, like, way back in the day, it was definitely just people getting better. Because a lot of things, just people hadn't figured out yet, right? Rocket League was sure. a new game, and, you know, people got on it. And then there was, like, the tutorials for Airly, but that requires, you know, muscle memory, and people just didn't have that if they hadn't played the old game. Um, so, yeah, at that first break, like, people just got way better than, than me because it took that, mm-hmm. you know. So what is it? what has it been like working on improving on a consistent basis when you came in so far ahead of everybody else? Um, yeah, I... I think that it was mostly like once I got back, I there's a lot of like YouTube content, and then you, you watch like RLCS and stuff, and you saw like the crazy things that people were doing. Like um, I remember when air dribbles kind of became a thing. Um, you know that that wasn't a thing in the old game. Like I don't think that's even possible in the old game. Um, and then mm-hmm. I saw I saw people doing that. I was like, okay, this is crazy. I've never seen this in my life. I want to try it, right? Um, and then just like a lot of different mechanics and like rotations really wasn't really a big thing in the old game. It was more about being fast and just hitting the ball as hard as possible. Um, and I guess it is still kind of is like that in Rocket League, but mm-hmm. uh, rotations and stuff isn't, wasn't really a big thing. Um, and then so I had to learn that as well. There's just a lot of just watching pro players play and then trying to model it uh, in game with, you know, my existing knowledge already. Yes, I, 
I think that's one thing that I'm really trying to figure out now for myself is taking the time to watch and learn and then how to implement that into my own game. So mm-hmm. how how were you able or what did you what did you do to I mean it obviously you watched and then you implemented but kind of go into details or maybe some specifics of how you were able to critique your own game mm-hmm. or create awareness of what was going on for you so that you could improve some of what you were doing to continue to improve your game yeah i'd say probably the biggest thing um and this is also going to lead me to to the next point i i, I want to bring up um it was probably looking at my replays of me playing because when you're in the game you're just too focused on what's going on to actually notice how like your mistakes and what you're doing um so if you just play and then you know you have a bad game or something or you or a game where you felt out of place you just straight up save that replay and watch it later and see what was going on um i think that that's probably what helped me the most just looking at how i was playing and you know making decisions like okay here i should not be going for this ball and then you just you know kind of keeping that in mind for the for the next times i played um and yeah that's actually actually led me to you know what's a big part of my life now which is actually coaching so so then how did you take what you saw in those replays and take a mental note of that to implement it into the next games because people say all the time watch your replays watch your replays Mm. and even sometimes for me it became difficult enough to motivate myself to watch the replays but then how do you take what you see in the replays and then actually do something about it in the game because i feel like the idea is one thing and then the actual execution is maybe where there's a there's a bit of a gap oh yeah that's yeah and that's definitely where a lot of people have trouble with you know they'll they'll know what they'll do right or wrong but the execution is really what uh holds them back um to me personally the way i see this game is just as a set of patterns if i were to say um for example if i'm playing a 1v1 and i see that the opponent is dribbling the ball my muscle memory is to instantly shadow the person, not just challenge them, but, you know, be in a shadowing position ready to, to defend. Um, and, you know, at first, you you may know that, but your instinct may be to just straight up challenge them. Um, when you, you're looking at the replay of you playing and, you know, you analyze it and you come up with like, okay, this is what I need to work on, you have to kind of always keep that in mind. Um, and then whenever you see a situation come up, uh, where, you know, it, it, a similar situation come up, you need to remember like, hey, okay, I saw this in the replay, it should be shadowing. And you kind of force yourself to to adapt. The easiest way I think to, to put it is just a lot of the times when you're playing the game, you're just relying on muscle memory. Um, mm-hmm. But when you need to adapt something, you kind of need to back off the muscle memory and then, you know, kick into like actively thinking about what you're doing. So if, for example, you're learning how to shadow and for most of, you know, your game time, you're just hard challenging every single ball. You weren't really thinking about it. Um, what you need to do now is just, you know, switch off the muscle memory in those situations and actively think about shadowing. Uh, at first, you're probably going to have a really rough time because Rocket League is all about muscle memory. You know, if you're not relying on muscle memory, you're going to get, you know, uh, outsped, you're going to get out-rotated, you know, you're just going to get outplayed in general. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's important that you're actively thinking about what you need to do so that it converts to muscle memory. Yeah. So I, I guess the next question would be is when you, okay, so you have your thing you saw in the replay and now you have the thing that you want to work on in the games. Are you usually only focusing on one thing or do you have a, have like one or two things that you're thinking about improving on as you go into the next games? Mm-hmm. Um, question. So I'd say, uh, probably nowadays it's a lot like it's it's so much in the details it's not so much as making um like wrong place it's just about like the execution right um so if i'm going for let's say uh i'm going for an air dribble right and for some reason i just butcher it and i don't get the air dribble right it you know that's that's the biggest problem right there it's not that i was going for an air dribble it's just i was going for it and i messed up um I would say though, there's certain things like boost management. Okay, boost management is something that is so hard to, to like pay attention to in game. Um, that it's it's a lot about I guess um, it's just like losing a habit in real life. Really, you know, it's about the constant repetition and constant reminding yourself about what the bad habit is, and then over time that will pick up. I think for me, one of my bad habits was to flip a lot and to flip using boost a lot um and as i started looking over how i was playing and what was happening i'd see that there were certain plays where the ball would be just kind of sitting in front of the net and i could take a shot but i just didn't have um enough boost or it was mispositioned because i flipped and then uh, you know following that i had to like go in rank matches and constantly keep reminding myself like hey when you're flipping don't boost right and i'd say like probably i don't know like after a week of that you, you it just becomes muscle memory at that point Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it, like it does differ from person to person, uh, how quickly it becomes muscle memory, but at least for me after a week, I already had it down. Um, so, yeah. So you would say after a week, it, it took a week for you to get somewhere where you've started feeling relatively comfortable with something that you were trying to change. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, it, it depends a lot on what exactly, right? If some things are hard or easier than others right like boost management is pretty hard but um you i guess you know reminding yourself that you need a shadow uh in a 1v1 is a lot easier in my opinion Mm -hmm. and i think it also has to do with just general skill already at the game you know if you take somebody that's already gc or close to ssl and they decide that they finally want to learn flip resets if they haven't already done that they're going to have a lot easier time learning that new skill and implementing it than somebody that's in silver or gold. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for example, mechanics, like you said, like flip resets, it's a lot about going to free play and practicing it. So like to learn them, it's relatively easy, right? Pulling them off in game can be a bit hard, but you can easily just go in free play and keep practicing it. Things that are more, I guess, intrinsic to actual gameplay, like let's say rotations, positioning, um, defending, boost management, like things like that, that depend on game time is a lot harder. Mm -hmm. Do you think the correlation though kind of still exists where, you know, if you're already playing Rocket League at a pretty high level as a, even a champ three to low GC, making the adjustment in gameplay, once you actually 
make the decision or create the awareness that there are mistakes in your game, making those adjustments might be a little bit easier than if you don't necessarily have a good foundation of Rocket League. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's I I think that's one thing that I want to emphasize for listeners is that you know, Lewis might have been able to create a different habit for himself in a week. And he's already such a higher level player than even me. Like I'm working on rotations. I'm working on making better challenging decisions and it's taking me a while. And I think I'm realizing that it was just so bad. Mm -hmm. And I also still fall into bad old habits and making sure that I'm aware in the game like it, it takes a lot more energy to really stay aware while you're playing a game and oh, not go into that muscle memory. Absolutely, hundred um, percent. You know, in in high level games where you have to like absolutely hundred percent focus and concentrate on what you're doing, um, you know, it, it's it's so demanding. Like a lot of times, you'll see teams that um, just they the reason I think like a lot of teams are, are better than others is just because of the amount of concentration they can keep up in a match. So, you know, uh, if once one team may be like 100% concentrating, trying their hardest in the game, but that's just so demanding on like, I guess the human body itself that, you know, after like two or three matches, you're not like, you can't even focus anymore. I'm sure you've had ranked sessions where you're just like so focused that after like an hour or so, you're just done. You can't like pay attention anymore. Um, <laughs> And it's it's kind of that transitions to pretty much any any game and pretty much sports in general, uh, I would say. Well, and I, I feel like that could be said, you know, take take a team like any professional team mm -hmm. just for fun. We'll say, I mean, it doesn't matter. It could be any professional team. And then you put them up against, you know, some team that is kind of a a bubble team like our lrs team sure yeah exactly so if you put an rlrs team against an rlcs team that rlcs team probably has a higher level of competency in the game at their quote-unquote muscle memory mm -hmm. than the rlrs team so like that rlcs team at the end of it is probably just like, all right, good job. We did it, everybody. And then the RLRS team needs to lie down for a nap because <laughs> they've had to concentrate so much more because the game is just so much different. Yeah, it's it's very demanding. Um, it's a pretty big skill, you know, in tournaments and, and stuff to be able to manage how much you actually like focusing in, in a game. Um because like a lot of like for example for U of I when we've played before in, in tournaments and qualifiers and stuff, we did go through like a semifinal that was just absolute pure sweat and you know <laughs> it was we had to just be completely focused and then when we got to the final like we barely could play like we just got swept even though like the other team was relatively like you know um, I'd say pretty close to us but just the fact that the semifinal was so sweaty uh, it it paid off right in, in the mm -hmm. final so. So one thing that I'm thinking about, and this is really, this is something that I'm going through right now, and I think it really corresponds to what we're talking about in terms of just the mental, emotional, and physical energy that has to go into this video game where we're literally just sitting, but it still <laughs> takes so much, is 
there's I don't I don't know if you've ever played excuse me golf before and I, I guess okay so I almost I look at Rocket League almost like golf in a way and and I mean there are other games that are like this like soccer has many different skills basketball has many different Mm -hmm. skills but there are so many like you look at rocket league on on the surface and it's just car hit ball score goal but there are so many like little minute skills that go inside of that like being able to read the ball being able to dribble the ball being able to air dribble the ball being able to aerial like all of these things are just overwhelming and i'm speaking from personal experience right now like thinking about actually improving i'm watching my replays and writing down all the mistakes that i'm making and then i Mm -hmm. look at my list and i'm like where do i even start like it's almost overwhelming so how if if somebody is wanting to make a move from high champ or even like somewhere in gc up and up and up how do you manage or what would you suggest in terms of like uh time management and building skill and all of these different things um i'd say honestly you just kind of focus on one thing at a time um i i don't know if i told you this on but i actually like i coach for for a living so i have you know a job um where i'm basically coaching you know people ranging from like the age of 14 to straight up adults um and I always tell them, like, you know, when I look over the replays and I'm looking over them play, I'll constantly tell them, okay, I'll give you a list of three things you need to improve on and you need to take one at a time. Because mm-hmm. if you try to, it's what we were going back to where we were talking about, you know, just going in game and trying to like break those habits and where you actively have to think about them. You can't just pay attention to three things at once and, you know, try to keep track of those three things at once. You have to take one thing at a time. So if you need to work on your positioning, your boost, and let's say like, I don't know, like your shots, Okay. Um, you ideally should be only focusing on one at a time until you get it done. Because the moment you try to take um, too much uh, to improve, you just get overwhelmed, right? It's what Mm -hmm. you're saying. Like the game can be overwhelming if you try to focus on too many things at a time. Yes. So how, what range of skill of people have you been coaching and how long have you been doing that? I've been coaching for around um, four years now or so. Um, Yeah, so uh, I've been coaching for quite a while. And of course, I mean, pretty much uh, every rank. Mostly nowadays, I focus on GCs and up um, because I feel like that's where I can contribute more, right? Like if you think about it, if you're a plat player that wants coaching, I mean, I understand if you're going to go for like a top 100 player uh, to get coaching, but you really don't need to. Right. For the plat players, there's there's things that you should be working on that if you ask the champion to coach you, they'll do a great job. Mm-hmm. Right. So I I do coach pretty much, you know, I coach for uh, a company called Valor Esports. Basically, our whole goal is to, um, you know, just bring affordable coaching to a bunch of games. And I'm responsible for, for Rocket League. Um, and I've had like, you know, even diamond players that sign up for a program and I've coached them before. Um, but to me, it just makes a lot more sense when I'm coaching, uh, GC players. So, sure. So when you're working with GC players, what are some of the things that you notice most in their gameplay that are weak points? Um, the most common thing I think I've seen so far is just counterattacking. Um, in GCs, in GC games, you'll see 
so many times like the opponent team just overcommit or like you'll see three of their players in the corner. But the fact that nobody really knows how to counterattack, nobody really knows how to be ready for that sort of stuff, it just doesn't lead to a goal. So a lot of times like you'll see GC games where um, the whole opponent opponent team is just overcommitting, overextending, using so much boost um, and you know double committing, even triple committing sometimes, but they won't get scored on. Um, because GC players just don't really know how to counterattack. How do you counterattack? Okay, so biggest thing, <laughs> <laughs> biggest a quick coaching lesson, I guess. <laughs> Big uh, biggest thing is just have somebody ready for you know a, a counterattack. What that means is basically if you have, let's say, you're in a defensive situation, you have like you know the the first, second, and third man. The first man after like trying to go for a challenge. Maybe just don't rotate back instantly and kind of linger mm-hmm. around the midfield because, you know, if your teammate does get a big clear, you'll be in a b- much better position to score, right, uh, off that counterattack. Um, so I've seen so many replays of, you know, GC players playing where they'll go for a challenge um, and just instantly rotate back. And then what ends up happening is, you know, your team will get a big clear um, but we'll ha- you know, there's nobody really there to, to finish it off to try to score. So the ball just ended up rolling to the enemy side of the field, and then they'll be able to recover if they're good enough, right? And just keep attacking over and over. Um, uh, so that's a big one I see. Other big one in NGC is just people people give away the ball so much, like sometimes it feels like you're just seeing a ping pong match, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see mm-hmm. one team just back, and then they'll power clear and the other team will power clear it and you know nobody really takes control of the play um or nobody really goes for passes right if you're gonna be just getting the hardest clear possible you should at least do so in a way that a you can put it uh, on net or in make it dangerous for them or b you should try looking for a pass um if those two options are available then it most likely means that you should be trying to control the ball mm-hmm what would you so I think there's a couple things that I've been noticing in my own games and thinking about a little bit of but of course as we as I said earlier there's just so many things to think about that I haven't gotten to this point <laughs> on my list yeah. but how okay I, I think I'll start here so I I am working on trying to take possession of the ball more are, do you have any like general tips with, of course, you haven't seen my gameplay. If, mm. if you could just imagine some of the people that you've worked with, again, going back to that experience that you have, what would you suggest or what are some things that people could do to start thinking about taking possession or or instead of just, you know, hitting the ball back immediately? Yeah, I, I mean, if you were to phrase this or frame this as this is one of the things that you gave one of your students to work on what would you suggest that they do in their games moving forward so that that could become more in their muscle memory mm-hmm. so the the big problem with taking control of place is uh um you do need some level of mechanics i think a lot of the times people would just hard clear the ball because they're just not comfortable taking control of, of the play and then you know uh using some sort of mechanics so as the moment you take control, your options are to flick it um, or to air dribble it or, you know, going for something of, of that sort, which is all mechanical. Um, but one option here that a lot of people don't actually notice, and it's 
pretty brutal if you know how to use it is just sometimes baiting the enemy team to challenge so um, if you're taking control of the ball and then you have one of the other players rushing you a lot of times what i like to do is if i'm dribbling it i'll just drop the ball off in the front of my car and then mm. just force a 50 that i'm completely winning uh, yeah. because in that position when the, you're dribbling the ball it pretty much looks like you're going to flick it so a lot of people will challenge high uh, so if you drop the ball slightly and then go for a 50, that's one of the, the enemy team's player um, that, you know, is, is completely out of the plan. Um, but generally, though, I would say the best option is just to take control of it and then flick it at some point. Just your goal when you're taking control of play is just to bait somebody for a challenge and make the miss. Um, and that's pretty much it, you know, the... Uh, I guess, you know, the whole goal of the game is just to get the ball around the, the, the enemy team. So if you can do that for one person, that's already, you know, good enough. Um, if you can get around two or three people, that's even better. But yeah. Mm-hmm. And I what so what mechanics would you suggest somebody work on to really lock in those skills or be able to see improvement in that arena? Mm-hmm. Um. I'd say mechanics-wise, you definitely want to work on flicks, and you definitely want to work on dribbling, um, and definitely challenging a lot. You want to get your challenges down, your 50s down. Um, I'd say non-mechanics, though, one thing that's really important is to understand um, the timing of challenges, okay? Because you, if you flick it at the wrong time, uh, let's say like a person is right on top of you, they're already challenging, you decide to flick it, you're just going to get dunked on, right? Yeah. Um, so you need to understand the right time to flick uh those balls the right time to bait somebody and um, it's not necessarily a mechanic but it's still incredibly important to have that down um when you're transitioning you know counterattack and take control of the play mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i think another thing though you just kind of talked about how so many people just give the ball away hit it back and forth mm-hmm. at the same time. And I, I think even in lower games, lower ranked games, and I don't even need to say that in, in any rank kind of uh, preparing yourself for a counterattack is something that could be considered. So, you know, if you are, if you don't necessarily get the clear that you're looking for immediately, just, like Lewis said, stay out there a little bit. And that's something that I've been trying to think of myself. And it's been, it's at least given us a further opportunity to clear the ball. Because I think one of the things, especially in my rank, like right around champ three, that is underappreciated is just clearing the ball well. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's, it's very underappreciated because it's not flashy. It's not cool. It's not something that you want to go to free play and practice, but thinking about how to set yourself up on a consistent basis to be able to clear the ball is, is underappreciated. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. How, or how, how do you think people could level up their ability just to get the ball out of their defensive side? Yeah. Um, so I'd say, mechanics wise like definitely you know you need to get those power clear uh power clears down the most important thing to get a strong hit on that ball is the timing so um you know i actually have a a video for valor esports we call them e-workouts which is basically just getting a mechanic and then you practice over and over with drills 
um, that will just, you know, get that muscle memory down. Um, and one of the drills I do is just simply, you just go on free play, you just spawn like, you know, on a free play and you know how the ball is just sitting in the middle. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is just drive towards the ball and then shoot at the goal. And then you have to try to score a goal that's 105 kilometers um, up or it's like, what, 62 miles or something. Um, and it seems like so stupid, right? Like, okay, you're just going free play and then you're just hitting the ball on the goal. But you will notice, like, if you actually try to attempt to do this, it's a lot harder than than it seems. Um, hmm. The reason is because a, a lot of people will have a slightly off timing when they hit the ball. Um, so it will be a little bit too late or a little bit too uh, soon. So um, if it's a little bit too soon, they end up not actually hitting with the front part of their, their car. They'll hit it with, like, the middle, I guess, or like the hood or... Um, whatever and if it's too late you end up not using the power of the flip and you kind of just jump and then hit the ball and then flip um the right timing you should be like the moment you use your flip is the exact same moment you should be contacting the ball um in that drill i think the max i've ever gotten is was like 115 kilometers per hour which in miles per hour is around 71 so Mm -hmm. if you get it down um that timing you can get ridiculous clears we actually have um one of our players on our uh, b team we we joke around with him a lot because we say that he's only really good at shooting the ball on net and clearing the ball but <laughs> it, you know of course it's not true he's good at other things too but he's actually excellent at that sort of stuff right every single clear he gets is strong has a target um and you know if somebody for some, like the third man of some reason they overextend it like they're gonna get scored on right uh, they won't have time to go all the way back and save the ball if if he puts in on target. Um, so you know, I think what you were saying that over clear uh, clears are very underappreciated. I completely agree. Um, and I say non mechanics wise, a very important thing to understand is just adapting to the game flow. So what we're talking about, like taking control of the ball. If the enemy team is just staying far back, use that space. Take control of the ball. Start dribbling it, and you know just use that space that they're giving you. But if you're playing against a very ball chasey team that's just constantly on your side of the field, if you can get one good clear, it will pretty much destroy them. If you can mm-hmm. put it on net, it's a goal. So um, if you get those power clears down, if you get that flip timing just down to the point where you get a lot of power, um, like it's it's just, just destroys teams that are over uh, offensive, let's say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I want to go back real quick to working on mechanics and and kind of fo- creating focus in one direction. Have you ever set goals for yourself or really said, you know, when I am working on this, this is what I'm going for? Um, Goals for myself, you said? Yeah. Okay. Uh, goals for me nowadays is... A lot about perfecting things it's about mastering things um so basically you know my biggest problem right now that i have is when i play for example twos my like my whole play style just uh revolves around me trying to outplay as many people as possible and in twos it's not too uncommon for me to get it over the first play and then the second one is basically like a 1v1 and i excel at that uh the thing i have the most trouble with nowadays is in 3v3s if i get it over one player there's still two more players to beat and even if i get it over the second player a lot of the time i won't have boost to finish mm. that off 
Um, so right now what I'm trying to work on is just either perfecting my boost management to the point where I have just enough to get it uh, over that third player or finding a way to um, get the ball around the first player without using any, any boost. Um, and that's kind of what I'm trying to work on. But basically, you know, uh, right now at the moment, what I'm, I'm trying to perfect the most is just outplaying other people, outsmarting them and, you know, outspeeding them. Um, so I have like a, a play, for example, I do in twos a lot of the time is I'll just fake over one player uh, or I'll flick it over one player. And then, you know, and the, as the ball is up in the air, I'll just go up pretending to hit it. And then I'll just, you know, let the ball drop and fake it mm-hmm. low. And that generally gets a lot of people. Um, other things I do is, for example, I'll start off like an air dribble. And instead of like, you know, keep using boost and air dribbling, I'll just slowly drop to the ground. Uh, because a lot of times people were going to try to defend air dribbles off the backboard. Um, and as soon as I drop down, they're completely vulnerable to like low shots. So sure. things like that, you know, you just start picking up and, and know how to outplay those teams. And um, it just, you know, becomes intuitive, but you still got to perfect it. At least on what I'm trying to do right now is just perfect those. So lots of misdirection from you right now. Misdirection. Um, yeah, I'd say so. It's it's a lot about baiting, I guess, the, the team, mm-hmm. the other team mm-hmm. uh, when I play. How, so how does someone like you, who is clearly already so good at many mechanics, get to a place of perfection? What what does that look like for you? Um, it To me, it looks more as in being able to pull it off no matter what the situation than just being able to pull it off all the time. Like, if I were to go to, for an air door right now, I'm probably going to get it really going and hit it on that. But the, it's not guaranteed that I'm going to be able to pull it off in, let's say, a high uh, high nerves, tense situation. Let's say it's a final of a tournament that 30,000 people are watching, right? It's not guaranteed I'll be able to pull it off, um, at least with such uh, precision. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of it is just getting it down to a level of muscle memory where no matter the nerves, you can still pull it off. Mm-hmm. How do you do that without the experience, like being in that scenario? Um, I you know my honest my honest answer is you don't. You need that experience, right? You need to to be able to fight the nerves. You need to be in that situation because you can't really understand how how much nerves and the mental game affects you unless you're actually like you know performing. Uh, way less uh way less than you normally would without the nerves mm-hmm. right did you play in the crl summer stuff or any of the summer stuff uh that just got finished up no that's when i took my gap semester but okay. i i have played in crls and stuff so so what is what is the highest competition level like have you how far have you guys made it in tournaments um u of i has actually like one the uh i guess like the what was it like the north division or whatever a few years back mm-hmm. um and we're like considered pretty much a powerhouse team uh, at some point we had um navy striker which was a very good player right and then shock who now plays in their lcs right um after that after like both of them um navy graduated and shock you know went to our lcs um and after that we kind of like lost pretty much all talent to, to who we have um, so we didn't make it quite far. 
now though this semester our a team is pretty much full ssl and we all think we have like a pretty big shot at crl um i'd say like one of the biggest tournaments we play though so far was in uh, an invitational it was called the maui invitational and it was streamed on like the uh the official rocket league twitch there was like thirty thousand people watching or something and that was probably like the moment where i was like the most nervous you know money on the line tons of people watching you how you play and you know all that stuff like mm-hmm. it, it can get to you it can get to you pretty easily how far did you guys make it in that tournament we got third place, I oh. believe. Yeah, it was not bad. Um, we ended up losing to Northwood, and Northwood is like they're easily, insane, right? Yeah, they're easily considered like the best collegiate team in the country. The like a lot of people will just will agree that they're RLCS. I think they have like T Carell, which is a player in RLCS. They yeah, have, he plays in RLCS. He does. Yeah, he plays in RLCS. He uh, there's Buddy, which also I think played in RLCS or RLRS at some point. Then you have Pirates and Noxes, which are both RLRS players. Like they're nuts. Didn't they're nuts. didn't Lion Blaze go to Northwood too? Yes, he also transferred to Northwood, so they also have Lion Blaze now. Yeah, what's the uh, th- that's what's the deal with that? That's crazy. Yeah, I I, th- I think that's a fair loss to take. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah we we um i think we took him to game five i don't quite remember um and i think the last game was like a tense overtime but we still lost five um, of seven or five of five? Five of five i believe okay um so yeah i mean that's something to be proud of yeah i'd say so too um hopefully nowadays you know for i guess skill level being way higher we we can bring a little bit more competition to the table but we'll see we'll have to see what do you feel like is the biggest difference for you right now as a player and like a Northwood or kind of maybe maybe talk to you as a player and maybe your your team as a team what is mm-hmm. what is it going to take to get to that next level um honestly just experience i think that at least for me as a player, I'm not too far off from how they play. Um, but in terms of experience, they just have the upper hand on me. Like it's actually ridiculous, you know. And then you could, when you saw them play in that tournament, you could barely feel any nerves, nerves coming from them. Um, they were just they looked to me like they were playing completely normally as they would in a ranked match. Whereas me, I felt like so. I guess um, I don't even know what the word is. Uh, I, I just feel like stiff basically you know i was playing like stiff i didn't really play as well not even like half of as well as i normally would um so that's i think like the biggest gap between me and them as a player as a team i think we're not used to playing people of that caliber um a lot of times you know in crl especially like i'd say probably what top 20 maybe in the the whole country um so we're so used to playing just people that are way below us or like close to us. Mm-hmm. And then once you get like a Norfolk, you get an Akron, you get like a, I don't know, like a uh, Arizona team or something like that. Like it feels like their calibers above us as a team. So, hmm. so that, that stiffness that you talked about, does, does that come from them just being better and you not knowing how to handle it. Like I, I almost feel like I can relate. Obviously it's at a lower level, but when I mm-hmm. play a GC two or something like that, you know, it's, it's just like they're coming from a different world and I don't know what to do with myself. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'd say it's not so much as a skill level itself, but just more the mental game. If I were to queue a ranked uh, match right now, I've gotten like Akron, uh, Northwood, RLCS, RLRS players on my team, and it's not like I can't play with them. Um, mm-hmm. I I can play completely fine. You know, I just I fit in normally. Um, but in those tense situations, like high level um, games in a streamed tournament that has a lot of money on the line. Um, it the g- mental game just affects you really hard, and they mm-hmm. I, they play like they're not getting affected because they've been so many tournaments before. You know, they've been to finals, they've been to lands, they've been to this and that. Um, and it, I feel like it probably just doesn't get to them as much um, anymore. So, so it's just another day at the office for them. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Okay, I got it. <laughs> what do you do? You think anything besides experience will help you uh deal with those types of situations like now that you've been through that what Mm -hmm. what do you think is going to be different next time um i'd say i mean honestly i say that the biggest difference is just i guess being prepared as a whole team um you know uh, we have a pretty much completely different roster now for a team um, that doesn't have as much as much experience in the, these big tournaments. So I think this time we need to focus a lot on playing these stream tournaments and getting those nerves down. So when we actually face them in a, let's say like a, a CRL uh, game, we have the experience under our belt to not crack under the pressure. Mm-hmm. I just had something that came to me and then it disappeared. Oh, I'm curious how many how many players did you guys lose from the spring and summer to now? Because since you since you took a break and now you're back and all of a sudden you're the captain of the team, were you were you one of the better players when you left and coming back everybody was expecting it to be this way? Um yeah, I'd say so. Uh, I've, you know, back in season one when I got like top one hundred and stuff, that was what, uh, like, uh, that was before my gap semester. So I'd say probably like eight nine months ago or something. Mm-hmm. Like at that point, I was already pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, after my gap semester, I think there might have been some uncertainty to be to like to, to see how I would perform. Um, and then once I got back, you know, it was just a little bit of just shaking the rust off. And uh, um, I mean, I think it was, yeah, it was pretty much like kind of set. Um, I'm not trying to, you know, just say like, yeah, I'm the better player. Like, I'm <laughs> like no, I'm not. <laughs> like, we have really good players. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, you know, I, I, I probably am one of the better ones. And mm-hmm. it, it was kind of, I guess, set. Yeah. And the other two guys on the team, are they freshmen or have they just improved a lot recently? Yeah. So two of the, the players, we have like, you know, two players on a sub. Um, so two of the players are actually uh, juniors. So okay. they're juniors. Yeah. And then our other player is a graduate student. So, oh. yeah. <laughs> so nice. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. But um, they're all three SSL level up. So, And did they not? They, but they weren't on the team last spring or summer, or were these other guys on the team, and now you're so, just joining them? 
Yeah, so a graduate student, he just transferred, and the other two, they've been in the like Rocket League Discord for, I don't know, like two years or so, um, but they just had in a pretty much explosive growth, right? They got a lot better at the game um, than they, they were. Like, before, they used to be on, like, B team, C team or something, and then suddenly, I don't know where, they just put the grind in and, and just had this explosive growth, and now they're, yeah, they're on the A team. Hmm. What are what's the what's the difference for these guys? Uh, what what changed over the past few months? You know, I I probably couldn't answer you the best here. I'd have to to ask them. Um, I think like one of our players, his name is Topaz. He's a very competitive guy, and ever since I met him, he was just constantly trying to get better. So he really put that work in, and I think he realized that it's not so much about getting better um mechanically and what you can do with the game but also mentally mm-hmm. like he used to get triggered a lot at the game and you know um like get mad and then he just kind of switched his mentality around where to the point he can you know like get into a game and not get mad like the only person who get mad at it is himself um and you know he's just improved tremendously um our, the graduate student his name is many he from my understanding he's always been really good like i didn't know him up until he transferred but from my understanding he's always been really good um and our other player his name is niv i honestly have no clue like before he used to be a, a decent player nothing like extraordinary and then suddenly he just got really good at the game i don't know where and i don't really even know uh, uh <laughs> how to explain like <laughs> what he put the work in really i can't really explain it so huh so yeah. what, what, like how how big of a growth are we talking? Were these guys just like GC three, like right on the cusp, and all of a sudden they're really good, or were they like GC one, GC two, and then just blamo performance enhancing drugs or something, and now they're amazing? <laughs> um, I say they probably around the GC two, GC yeah, GC two range. I'd say, um, and I think like honestly. After I took the gap semester, I couldn't really keep up with how people were doing that much. So they might have, like, over the last, I guess, six months, just played a lot and grinded a lot um, to the point they got uh, a lot better. I'd say also a big thing is, like, motivation. Like, this semester, motivation to actually get better and win is at an all-time high. Um, during, like, online school and stuff, like, online school was terrible. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> a lot of people were unmotivated, right, to actually do that and and uh whatnot so i think it probably transferred a bit to the games and and rocket league as well so people were just Mm -hmm. unmotivated sure and then yeah and then as soon as they got back you know uh in-person school again and that sort of stuff like you know i think the motivation really uh helped push them through so do you guys have a some kind of setup at the university where you can like play together um, yeah, we do. We have um, what we call the Innovation Studio here at U of I. It is in one of the big buildings. Um, and we basically have like, I don't know, like, uh, like 10, 12 computers or so that are like actually like really beefed up computers. We have like great monitors, like 144 hertz. Like it's actually pretty crazy. What building is that in? Um, Darmory. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so we have, like, there's, like, VR stuff there. There's 3D printers, projectors, like, those um, tables with, like, those big, I guess, kind of, like, iPad, tablet things. That, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, it's actually pretty crazy. Um, so we have had, like, LAN, I guess, like, parties there where we just all go and play. 
right now we're having a little bit trouble with the staff in the building um because like times and stuff they the i think the space is approved for time that doesn't really match up you know with, with uh, like students student times and sure i'm not gonna go too much more in depth yeah just like you know but that's basically what's going on now so mm. so when you play tournaments or i guess when you are moving forward with your matches and things of that nature do you think you'll play those or try to play those there or do you try and or do you just do those from where you guys live ideally yeah i'd say we have um we actually flew out to New York for a LAN uh, like one year ago or so, like one year and a half maybe. And there we practiced a lot, you know, as a team, like us three basically sitting like a couple feet away from each other playing on other separate computers. Mm-hmm. And I can say 100% from experience, like after the tournament games were done, we just sit there and grab some ranked. Like it's it's crazy how much better you can play just sitting around people. I think just at the atmosphere gets to you, honestly. Um, so I'd say like for those, those tournaments, I definitely want to have everybody kind of in the, um, like same space playing and, you know, just being there. So mm-hmm. nice. Well, I hope that can work out. Cause I'm, I'm sure it's a lot, I mean, just look at lands. It's just, it's easier to communicate and I feel like there's more camaraderie in that kind of a situation. Mm-hmm. It's certainly, you know, especially going back to the nerves, you, you're not sitting by yourself. You have that connection and support from your other teammates as well that i'm sure makes things a lot more uh i mean as easy as they can be oh yeah 100 percent. nice so i guess i guess wrapping up um i'd like to go back a little bit more i i guess i could say very selfishly and talk a little bit more about um creating this focus on on one thing at a time type situation Mm -hmm. because i you know i'm realizing and i'm building this list and the list seems to get longer and longer faster than i can take anything off the list because there's such you know i i want to get so much better at all of these things so you know when you're when you're playing games when you're working on the game how how do you have the patience or how did you have the patience or what could you suggest to people in terms of being willing to see something through to actually get to a point where it corresponds to being in a game? Um, it depends a lot on what exactly you're practicing. I say for mechanics in general, it's a lot about just going to free play and that whole process is pretty intuitive. Anything other than that, like mentally, when you have to think about rotations and positioning and stuff, um, it's a lot about looking at how, you know, like really good players um, play the game and trying to kind of model that in the game. Like I hear a lot of times people will say like, yeah, but they're like positioned in a way that it won't work in lower level lobbies or something like don't don't listen to that sort of stuff. You should be trying to um, always model yourself after what they're doing. Um, because, you know, their decision-making is pretty much spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, like, sometimes I'll hear that, oh, yeah, like, they're positioned farther back, expecting a clear, and then, you know, in in a lower-level lobby, that clear might not come because the, the other player might miss, right, because they're worse. But, you know, at that point, you also have to learn how to read those misses, right? So if you always try to model how um, a good player is playing in your own games, you'll kind of instantly go through the right path of learning the right skills at the right time, if that makes any sense. 
Yeah. I, I think, I certainly think there is, and I guess there isn't necessarily a perfect path to improvement. You know, there's not some kind of recipe or it's, it's not a linear game. You can take a lot of different paths to end up getting to the same place. And mm-hmm. at the same time, especially if you're moving through, like you said earlier, platinum, low diamond, even in high diamond or low champ, take enough time to improve on something enough and it will help you win your games more. Like if you notice you're making any kind of mistake in a game, if you take the time to actually work on that, then when you're not making that mistake anymore, you will be able to do better in games. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One last question. And I wonder, obviously with your coaching people, they're already motivated enough to come to you to want coaching. So it's a little bit Mm -hmm. different. Do you have any thoughts on how people could create the motivation for themselves to spend time in free play or spend time in training packs if they aren't necessarily good at spending more time working on things? Yeah. Um, it, it depends how you are as a person. So for me, I like, I'm fine with just sitting in free play and practicing over and over again. Some people do not really feel like that. Um, I'd say probably the easiest solution is just to kind of distract yourself. So for example, this right now, you know, this podcast, you could usually just put this podcast in the background and keep practicing. Like let's say a flip reset over and over. If you like listening to music, you can do that. If you have like a second monitor, want to watch some videos, you can also do that. Um, ideally, anything that's, good enough to have you, you know, focus on the game, but also have your mind a little bit distracted, um, works. Um, I'd probably say that's not like the ideal thing because you always want to, you know, hundred percent be focusing on the game. But if you just have trouble getting motivated enough to, you know, be free playing, like go through those drills and, and practicing and whatnot, um, like that can definitely help. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, you heard it here first, guys. If you want to do some practicing free play, put this podcast on. And <laughs> actually, a lot of a lot of people a lot of people talk about how they do that in my Discord. So, yeah, uh, there you go. <laughs> using using my podcast about training as a distraction from training. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny to think about. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that is all good. I feel like there was something else that came into my head, but I, Oh, are you, are you a training pack guy or are you a free play guy? I am mostly a free play guy. Um, training packs are the, my only kind of problem with them is that they can create bad muscle memory. So if you keep just repeating the same shot over and over again, and you keep missing, that's kind of, it kind of creates that bad muscle memory. So um, I'm mostly a free play guy. If you do like doing training packs, my tip is after like five tries or something, just go to the next shot or go back to another shot or something. Just switch it up every five tries or so, um, just so you don't build uh, bad muscle memory. How uh, how does uh, missing a shot or doing something wrong after like five or six times? How does that create bad muscle memory? So. You know, the game is a lot about repetition. And if you keep repeating the like the bad plays over and over again, you can create a habit. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're in a, let's say, a training pack where you learn how to shoot and 
you're trying to just shoot this ball on net, but you mi- keep missing it over and over and over again. Um, that, like, you know, you are getting experience from that situation, from that uh, specific, I guess, shot. You know, you're getting experience on how exactly you should be hitting the ball, like what speed you should be going, etc. Um, but if you keep missing over and over again, you may um, create that habit of just hitting the ball in a way that's going to cause you to miss. So I'd say after like seven tries, you kind of get down like, hey, listen, okay, I got kind of got the speed down, how I should be flipping, blah, blah. So I'll go to the next shot and practice that, and then I'll come back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people like, will they'll say that, yeah, I've been, you know, I was grinding the game for however many hours. It took like a two-day break, and then I came back, and I was playing even better. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. You're just playing over and over, and then even though, like, maybe you're not winning, you're still gaining that experience. And then as soon as you take a small break, you're just accumulating all that experience and kind of, I guess, transforming it um, into muscle memory. And then once you go back, you you kind of it's it's already like you know down. So. So just like hitting a little micro reset button. Exactly. Yeah, it's a perfect definition. Yeah. Nice. Okay. I dig it. I dig it. All right. So uh, winding down, first first part of the wind down. Uh, what is it? Sometimes I forget. Final <laughs> thoughts for the Infinite Boost audience besides uh, using my podcast as a distraction. There you go. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I'd say, you know, big thing in this game is if you keep playing a lot, you'll get burnt out. Don't let it get to that point. Once you start feeling that you're getting burnt out, just switch it up a little bit. You know, maybe go like play casual or maybe just switch completely the game. Like, you know, uh, and when I was grinding a lot and trying to get top 100, what I used to do is just sometimes switch from Rocket League to Valorant and I switch back and forth. Um, and that helps a lot, right? Just make sure you don't get burnt out. And then instead of the game being fun, it just becomes like something that's you know, annoying to play. Don't mm-hmm. really get to that point. Um, and second thing I'd say, definitely get coaching. Kind of little shameless plug, but Valor Esports, if you look us up, you can find us. I, you know, I've been coaching these uh, two kids. Their name, are, their in-game names are Piggy and Aiden. And it was just insane seeing them jump. I think they started off like C2 or something. And after three months of like continuous coaching, they got GC3. They're almost SSL now. Um, so it kind of, like, I already knew how much coaching could help, but after seeing that, it just completely widened my view in a way that, like, oh my gosh, coaching is so essential uh, to getting better. So definitely find coaching if you need it. And I'm sure just, you know, having that extra set of eyes from somebody that knows what they're doing helps out so much. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, you see, the, the big thing is, for me, when I started playing, um, it w- there wasn't a lot of, like, tutorials and coaches and stuff like that so it was a lot about try and error if i want to hit this ball as hard as possible how to do it over and over in you know slightly adjusting things here and there to find what was the like optimum combination uh to hit a hard shot um and that took some time right taking some time to figure out how to hit the ball the hardest and then practicing it so it becomes muscle memory took a little bit of time but with coaching you have somebody who's already gone through all that process and can just you know throw at you the right way to do something and then you don't need to have that try on there you just need to practice it over and over again so mm-hmm. i'd like you know they they got to c2 and, and G, so gc3 in like two and a half months three months or so where to me that jump took probably like twice or even three times more that's crazy yeah it's pretty nuts yeah <laughs> and that was with you 
Yeah, that was with me. Yes. Well, I mean, if you don't want a better, you know, I I don't think you could get a better recommendation than that. I mean, if you're looking to rank up, geez, what mm-hmm. are you waiting for? There All right. You go. <laughs> Where can people find you on the internet? Yes. So I got to pull up my handles because I always forget them. <laughs> you can find my Twitch. Um, I believe it's just SLK um, and then RL. And my Twitter is SLKRL underscore. Um, and then, I mean, you can just find me probably playing some tournaments here and there for uh, uh, the University of Illinois, or as you probably see us, um, Illinois Esports. You can also visit uh, Valor Esports. Um, which is the ORI coach forum and I work for. Um, if you just look up Valerie Esports on Google, you can find us. We also have a Discord server. Um, and again, if you're in coaching, like that's that's where you can find me. So yeah, that's pretty much it. I will make sure to put the Valor Esports thing in the description as well. Okay. So awesome. people will be able to find that. Cool. And then last but not least, a question for the audience. So you ask a question of everybody and they can say it on Twitter or some people like to share their responses or their thoughts in my discord. So uh, a question that you might have for the people that listen. Mm, I got to think about that. Oh my. (laughs) Give me a second. Um, I'd say, you know, what drives you to play the game? What do you, what do you want to achieve? Um, I asked that to pretty much a lot of people that I'm coaching. What is your goal? Do you want to become a collegiate player? Do you want to become like the best player in the world? Or either just be better than your friends and, and have dragon rights? Um, like, what is it that drives you to play this game? Nice. All right. Let's get those answers somewhere. Let's hear them. Uh, Lewis, thank you so much. This has been This has been a real treat. Uh, I hope that you have enjoyed your time. It's nice. It's always nice to have a fellow Illini on the show. Yes. <laughs> that, that always that always makes it a lot of fun for me as well. So uh, thank you for sharing all of your thoughts and wisdom about the game. And as always, thank you for the boost. Yes. Thank you for the boost. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>